I always talk about how as creators, we're expected to be in so many different places at once. I mean, you can relate, right? Even just take Instagram, for example. We're expected to be sharing feed posts, sharing reels, going live, and of course, posting to Instagram stories. Personally, I really love to get on stories and chat with my audience to create really a more casual relationship with them. Honestly, it's such a great place to share a more personal look at your life to help build a more relatable and personable connection with your followers. They get to see things that maybe they wouldn't typically be able to see on your feed and usually in a much more casual way like you're just chatting with a friend. But Instagram stories are also one of the parts of Instagram that I get the most frustrated with. I'm constantly trying out different methods or formats for posting to Instagram stories, but it's always so unpredictable and hit or miss, which for a type A creator like me, it drives me insane. I'm Kristen Busquette, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. This week, we're here with Danielle Gervino, a creator who has absolutely mastered the art of Instagram stories. And yes, it is an art. Danielle got her start in 2015 when she really needed an outlet for her design and her writing passions. Danielle's creative approach to the latest style and beauty trends, coupled with her passion for living a career-driven yet well-balanced life, has allowed her to connect with the everyday girl, offering all kinds of inspiration to her community along the way. I've been following Danielle for years and she's someone that I've always looked up to. So to have her here offering her advice on how we too can master Instagram stories is quite the treat, you guys. Danielle has an incredibly loyal following and for many of them, her stories are why they feel so close to her and come back time and time again for more. Today, we're answering all of your questions about utilizing Instagram stories as a creator like a pro. What should you share on stories? How many should you post a day? How can you increase your story reach? Are weekdays or weekends better to post? We're giving you the scoop on all things Instagram stories. This, my biz BFFs, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 33. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so freaking pumped that you're here. Okay, so last week you heard me chat about our monthly creator membership program that we are currently building, and we got so much great feedback from you. It literally makes me so much more excited. Our membership is built for creators to basically have a place to get all the resources, the education, and the connection that they need every single month in order to be successful creators. In this membership, you're going to have access to new templates every month, exclusive podcast episodes, monthly live video Q&As, our collaborative brand email list, weekly reels, trending sounds, and honestly, so much more. But the best part, the waitlist is officially open. So you can head to the link in the description to get on it now so that you can be notified when we officially launch in the next few weeks. I'm literally so excited. I don't know that I've ever been as excited and just felt as good 
as I do about this membership with anything we've ever put out at Social Mate. So I'm really pumped. I'm really pumped. Anyway, Instagram is working on an update to the question sticker. We've seen that around. A lot of us use it quite frequently. Basically, it will allow you to create questions that users can actually answer with a photo, which is pretty cool. I think this could open a lot of, you know, different ideas up, you know, like ways for people to easily interact with your question sticker. I like as soon as I saw this, I don't know why my brain is like this, but I immediately was like, oh, I'm definitely going to ask people to send me pictures of their dogs. (laughs) I don't know how we can use this. I'm sure we can all brainstorm some creative ways, but I think it's a cool little update that I would share with you. This one is a little bit more relevant, a little bit more important. Instagram is working on hiding the likes and view count to reels, just as they have for feed posts. So if you don't know this yet, on Instagram, you have the ability to hide your likes on your feed posts. And there's a million reasons why people want to do this. Um, From what I understand, I personally have only done it on a couple posts here and there. But honestly, I just don't. I don't pay a lot of attention. Like I try not to at least. So I just let it be. I let it, you know, sit there. I don't care if anyone sees it. So the reason why people like to hide their likes on feed posts, first of all, is for mental health so that they don't have to keep coming back to their page and like refreshing to see if the number is different. It will just say, you know, this person and others like this post. So you don't have to be faced with that number every time you go onto your Instagram, which I do appreciate. I think that's great. However, like you can still click and see how many people saw it. (laughs) So at the end of the day, like, you know, if you really wanted to see it, you definitely can. So for mental health purposes, I think is great. Also, I see a lot of people who like if a post isn't performing well, they'll hide it. And honestly, like, I don't love the idea of that because I think it kind of sticks out to a brand, especially, you know, they might be like, oh, so they're like sucked on this one. So that's why they hit it. You know, so like, I think from a brand perspective, it's a little bit questionable. Now, they're going to allow you to do this on Reels as well, and this will also hide the view count for your Reels videos. Now, I'm going to give you my perspective as a creator. Don't let me like force you into anything. You make your own decision, but I think it's important for me to note this. From a brand's perspective, sure, they have other ways that they can look at these numbers. They're never going to be just, you know, not accessible. Actually, I think you can still see them on desktop from the last I heard um, when people do hide their likes on their feed posts. But with feed posts or with reels, I think hiding the likes or the view count can actually hurt you from a brand's perspective more than it would help you. Uh, a lot of brands are, you know, looking on their computer, on their phone, and like they're doing it because they want to quickly find people, you know, they only have a certain amount of time to cast for partnerships. So I think it's very important to make their job as easy as possible and be as transparent as possible. I mean, if you're a creator who's getting 400 likes on a reel and you think you should be getting a thousand, like I understand why you would want to hide it, but also like 400 likes is 400 likes. And honestly, it might not be as bad as you think it is. So I just think that it's not really worth hiding. If you're doing it for mental health purposes and it is helping your mental health, I'm absolutely not going to stop you. You need to do what's best for your mind. However, from a brand's perspective, I can see this being kind of annoying, giving them like kind of an extra step to do. And I don't know if that would deter them from working with you or not. Just going to leave that out there so you can make your own decision from there. 
Instagram is also working on the templates browser for Reels. So actually, I think it was maybe two, three weeks ago, we got news officially that Instagram is launching a templates option or use as templates. And I love this. I talked about how great I think this is as a time saver for creators. So essentially, this is where you'd be able to go to a reel that you know you really love the way that it was put together. You'll can click the dot, 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 and then it will say use as template. And you'll be able to essentially add your own photos or videos, whatever it is, and it will auto sync to the way that that other video was put together. So again, super big time saver for creators. I love this. I actually don't have this feature yet. I'm literally waiting for the moment that I do though, because again, I think it's such a great way to just make the content creation process easier. And as creators, like anytime that content creation can be easier, I'm in, count me in. (laughs) So they are actually working on the templates browser for Reels. So you'll be able to go into a separate browse section where you can see a ton of of different reels that you can use as templates. So again, a really great place to go for inspiration and it really makes the content creation process easier. So we love that. This is something I, I'm like having mixed feelings about. I love it and I hate it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. So I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. Okay. Instagram is working on communities. From what I understand, there's only been a little bit of information out there from um, like app, you know, developers and people who are like kind of decoding the apps. So this seems like it's similar to Facebook groups. So you would be able to, you know, invite people into this community, have people join into your community. You can chat back and forth. I don't know how in depth it's going to be in terms of like, you know, having hashtags in there that you can sort through different posts with or sharing photos or things like that, like you can on Facebook groups. But I do love the idea of communities because obviously, you know, we are all about community here at Social Scoop, but also on Instagram, that's huge for them. So I do really love that. I actually have been trying to like start a book swap with people and I was going to make a Facebook group, but honestly, I think kind of keeping it on Instagram might even be cool. So that's like one thought I had for using this community space. So I'm sure there's a different, a bunch of different ways that we can use this. However, I think it could be really cool. I'm kind of into it, guys. If you can believe it, we have literally been able to grow our Facebook community to over 640 creators. I'll say it again. I've said it a bunch of times now. I thought Facebook was dead. I'm not going to lie. It is clearly not dead. (laughs) As creators, I mean, it's hard for us to find the resources we need and honestly to get like our burning questions answered quickly and effectively. That's why we created this community. And honestly, that's exactly what it does sharing rates, helping each other out to connect with brands, you know, telling all about our experiences as creators. That's exactly what you're going to find in the Social Mate Facebook community. Honestly, it's absolute gold. So if you haven't already, get in on this community. You can click the link in the description. And I hope to see you guys there. Without further ado, we have Danielle Gervino here, who I'm so pumped about. I told you in the intro, she's someone I've looked up to for a very long time. So this conversation was amazing. I hope you guys love it and let me know what you think. I'll see you next week. Guys, we are here today with Danielle, who's actually someone that I've been following for probably like five or six years now. I feel like time has absolutely flown in the last few years. 
Danielle, in my opinion, I is like the queen of Instagram stories. So I figured she would be the perfect person to have on the podcast today to talk about stories. So Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. I mean, that's that's like such a, a compliment. The queen of Instagram stories. Thank Seriously, you. though. No, you do a great job. But it's interesting. There are like a few people that I follow that I feel like you just do such a great job on stories. And like people are so interactive on your stories and find so much value. So I'm so excited to learn from you today. I'm sure everyone oh, else listening. I'm excited is as too. Well. <laughs> so give us kind of the rundown of, you know, who you are, what you do, but also a little bit about how you got here. Sure. So I actually started in a really interesting way. I started not knowing what blogging, content creating, influencing was. Um, and it was back in 2015. I had just quit my job as an elementary teacher. Um, oh, wow. So I did a total career 180 and was trying to get into marketing. So I had a little bit of off time in between jobs and I was really into web design. And so I wanted to create a website. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I didn't really, I mean, I knew what a blog was, but I right. never in my mind said I was going to design this website so I could write for the blog. I was more interested in, you know, the web design aspect of it. So right. I designed the website. I spent a few months and I was left with this blog and I was like, what do I do now? I, I guess I should write on it. <laughs> so it was a very, it was a really like kind of interesting, like non-intentional way in terms of how kind of my community and doing what I do came to be. And I started really slowly with a few blog posts and then I started on Instagram. And ironically, you know, we're talking about Instagram stories today and I literally remember getting on Instagram stories for the first time and being like, this feels so foreign. This is so yeah. weird. Holding a camera in front of my face, talking like, I'm probably never going to use this. And <laughs> here we are today. And here you Instagram are. <laughs> stories. So important, you know, so that's yeah. how I kind of started it and got into everything. And I started to just really love the community aspect of it all. And I really liked connecting with other women, whether it was my community who had found my page or just women in the industry. And it's been seven years, which is insane. Isn't it crazy? Like I, like I said, time feel like feels like in the last few years that it's just flown by so fast. And I'm like, how, is it really it, how have we been here for so long? Like, it's I know, crazy. I know. I can totally relate there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy that you remember like getting on Instagram stories for the first time. Cause I actually like, I don't even remember the moment when it happened, like when we got Instagram stories, but I'm sure you're very glad that you did get on there and utilize it. Cause again, like, I think you, you do a really great job of it and people seem to really respond well to your stories from what I can see, you know, from interacting. So I want to first talk about, you know, like what is it that actually makes stories so important compared to like, you know, Instagram reels or, or feed posts, like why should people utilize stories? So when I think about that, I kind of think about what also makes stories really important to me as a consumer. Like, why do I like to watch other people's yeah. stories? And, and really, it's because it's just, you know, a look behind the curtain that is social media, you know, and right. you're seeing a little bit more of real life. You're seeing what somebody's cooking for dinner or you're seeing, you know, somebody's house and, and what they're doing at home or their pets or a funny family story for the day. And 
I just think that there is such a connection with stories that you don't necessarily get, you know, when you're recording a reel or when you're posting a photo, no matter how off the cuff that other content may be, I think stories just kind of stands alone in that um, it gives you a really unique look into real life. Yeah, it's I think it really is just a, such a great connection tool cuz like you said, you know, when you're in a feed post and you're, you know, typing a caption or even when you're talking on reels, for some reason it's just more planned out or I guess like not as casual as it feels on stories and I think that when you can just hop on stories and like feel like you're hanging out with a friend and when people can watch it and feel like they're hanging out with you like there's no better way to like further your connection with people. You know, I feel like stories is the ultimate tool for that. Yeah, it is. And I mean, again, going back to like me as a consumer and the people I like to follow and watch their stories, it's the people whose lives I'm just kind of seeing every day. And it's almost like, and people have referred to this. It's like watching a reality TV show, you know? So I think you get something with stories that is just not something that you necessarily get with, with everything else. Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, that kind of makes me think I talk with a lot of people, a lot of my students and my programs and everything that are like, you know, what do I post on stories? Like, I want to get on stories. I know they're valuable, but like, what should I even say on there? What should I do? You know, like, what type of content should I be posting on stories versus in my feed? Or like, how do I know what to share? Like, do people care about my life? You know, so (laughs) what kind of things do you recommend people post in stories? So I think obviously, first and foremost, it depends on your niche. You know, are you an educator or are you a content creator who's sharing fashion content or beauty content? And so obviously, you know, depending on on what your niche is, is going to depend on what kind of content you're going to put out. But I think my biggest recommendations before you decide, you know, what you're going to post, and I have such a strong feeling about the importance of this is, I think you need to ask your audience and you need to kind of interact with your community and, and ask what they want to see. And I have, you know, found a lot of interesting feedback from my audience. I like to kind of do a little mini audit with them, like every few months and just say like, you know, what are you liking on stories? What do you want to see more of? And I've learned so much about what type of my own content personally they like. And so to give an example, just from my life, Everybody wants to see more of the dog, more of the husband, more of the cooking, more (laughs) of real life. And, you know, they love the try-ons and they love the beauty tutorials, but really like overwhelmingly, people just want to see what I'm doing at home, you know, what's going on day to day. So I think it's hard because you do kind of have that feeling of like, well, what's so important about my life that people are going to want to see. I mean, I have that feeling and I had that feeling very much in the beginning. I was like, listen, I'm waking up, I'm going to work, I'm coming home, I'm cooking dinner. Like, what do I need to be sharing? (laughs) Like, why do people care? (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's it's less about caring and more about like, people just want to relate, you know? So whether it's like, you know, you had a stressful day with like something that happened with a coworker at work or you know, you found a new recipe that you really love and and you'd share it with your family. I share it with my friends on Instagram, just as I would, you know, with a friend over text or something like that. So I think you have to kind of get into that, that mindset of people just want to know you, you know, they want to know your personality and they they just want to see you. 
Yeah, no, it's so true. Again, I think it comes back to that connection and like the idea that you can really only get that relatability in the same way on stories. And I also like I feel like I've had so many experiences where I'm just like, this is so dumb. Like, why do people like this? Like, I have the dumbest example of this. And it just is going to prove exactly what you're saying. So I was (laughs) one day in my kitchen, and I had a jar of pickles. And I was eating them with a fork out of the jar. And I was talking about like something, you know, that I thought was relevant. I got more responses to the me eating out of the pickle jar than I did about what I was actually talking about because people were like, yeah. oh my God, I love pickles too. Like I do the same thing. And I was like, how am I having a conversation with so many people right now about pickles? Like the stupidest thing. But again, it's one of those things where like people want to feel related to. Like that's something yeah. that they do. Now they have, even if it's a weird one, it's a commonality between you and that person. So like, it doesn't have to be the most groundbreaking thing that you share on stories. It doesn't. And obviously, I mean, obviously there's some strategy behind it. There's always going to be because that's our job. But I think part of the strategy, if it even makes sense, is to throw a little bit of it away and to just kind of have those little moments, like moments that I've come to realize that moments that I would have never thought would warrant a conversation like you eating, eating the pickles (laughs) out of the jar, you know, they turn into something really fun and something that could, you know, encourage a lot of of back and forth conversation and stories and DMs. So I like to, you know, I like to try to vary that content and I like to try and show as much of what I know people want to see as possible. But then, of course, you know, I weave in the strategy stuff, which is the sales and, you know, right. things that that kind of link together with my niche. Yeah, it's almost like you start to create kind of like inside jokes with your audience. You know, like there are probably so many things that you've talked about or you've shared that were like funny or relatable that people who only watch your stories would understand. And again, like that's another vehicle of just relatability that, again, you can't really get on a feed post or a reel. Actually, speaking of reels, I'm curious. I'm sure you've seen this maybe like a few months ago, Instagram has been like testing or I don't know if they officially released it, this option to basically like take your stories and like smush them into a reel and they do it automatically for you. Have you used that at all? I actually haven't seen it on my feed. I've read about it and I've kind of like, I've been waiting to kind of see what it looks like, like IRL. I have not seen it on my feed yet. Okay. Yeah. I haven't either. And I was curious about that because I'm not sure how I feel about it. I know you're very similar in the way that like you're very like specific about the way things look like the branding of everything. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like I I don't know if I'd be able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't want my stories text all over my reels. Thank you. Yeah. So (laughs) when it comes to stories, so, and I'm sure the answer will probably differ per person, but if you have any guidance on how to figure it out, how many stories should people be posting per day? Or like, do you even post every day? So I definitely post every day. And I think, you know, when I talk about stories to other bloggers in the community, I always say that like consistency, community and connection, like those three C's are really important when it comes to stories. And so the first one being consistency, obviously not everybody's schedules for them to be able to post every day. But I think that if you're really committed and if you're really in it, and if you're really trying to grow a business to 
have something to share every day is important because people are going to come back when you're consistent and when you're consistent and when you're posting that engaging, valuable content and people are watching it, you're going to start popping up as that little pink ring at the the top of people's feeds and consistency plays such a role in that. So I say, I never say a number, but I say, you know, think about the times like when you yourself are going on to Instagram. Like I go Mm -hmm. on in the morning. I'm not one of those people who's like, I'm going to start my day without the phone. Now the phone's the first (laughs) thing that I pick up in the morning. (laughs) So I take like 10, 20 minutes on the phone in the morning. Mm -hmm. I go on then before I start my day. And then I usually go in like, you know, mid morning or afternoon, like when there's a little slump and you know, I kind of need a little break. And then I'm, I'm active like after dinner at night when I'm like watching my shows, I'm on all night. So I like to kind of think about my behavior on Instagram. And, and I think that a lot of people are, are relating to that like morning, afternoon, right. And so I like to kind of vary the content in terms of like, I'll put a little bit out in the morning, a little bit out, out in the afternoon and a little bit out at night. And it varies from day to day. I mean, schedules vary from day to day. But I think just to follow a general rule of thumb, that's kind of what I recommend is just to kind of keep it consistent throughout the day, even if it's just a story or two, just to stay active. Exactly. And, And like we were saying, it doesn't need to be groundbreaking, the most valuable piece of content you've ever put out multiple times per day. That's, that's not sustainable. Like no one can, can keep up with that. But even as you were saying, you know, like some people's schedules don't allow for them to do that. We have drafts now, you know, like that makes it so much easier for people. Like you don't actually have to record a video multiple times per day. You could do it all in the morning before you go to work and then just pop on for a few seconds and hit post on those. And it's still, you know, like people don't, know the difference or care about the difference of when you Mm -hmm. made the video. So I think drafts is definitely one of the best tools that Instagram has come out with anytime recently. It's very helpful. Yeah. I mean, and I I think there's something to be said about like prepping content. I think it's totally okay to prep content. I mean, it's a hard thing because like you look at stories and you you talk about the importance of the in the moment and things like that. But, but in reality, there are things that you prep. I prep parts of Of my stories every single day. And so I think it's okay to utilize drafts. I think it's okay to like utilize content that you may have done like a few hours earlier or a day earlier. You know, if I'm sharing like a collage or a sale or something in that kind of pocket of stories that is prepped way ahead of time. Yeah. So I think it's okay to do that with, you know, depending on your schedule. Right. Yeah. A mix of both, I think is totally fine. And again, like any opportunity I have to like batch create or create in advance, I'll always take advantage of because you just never know what's going to happen in the moment. Like, you know, what if today I wake up and I'm just like, you know what? I just don't feel like doing anything. How nice is it to have stuff in my draft? To have stuff, Ready yeah. to go. <laughs> I mean, that's like a lifesaver. So I'm definitely glad that Instagram came out with that. But I think it's definitely a tool that if people are not yet utilizing it, definitely yeah. worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. When you say like you plan out your stories and things like that, how far in advance are you typically planning? Like, do you have a, a set schedule that you go by or is it kind of different every week? So I don't necessarily have a schedule in terms of like when I'm putting out what, but I have a little bit of a strategy in terms of like 
what type of content I want to kind of sprinkle throughout the week. So okay. we sometimes do series content in terms of like, we'll do a weekly Ask Me Anything where it's kind mm-hmm. of just like a, a brain dump of like, you know, anything that people want to know or that I might have missed the DMs or things like that. Yeah. We'll do like fun topics where people will vote. We'll do polls and question boxes and stuff like that. So, you know, in the back of my mind, like that's usually a weekly type of content that I want to put out. Yeah. You know, I have other weekly content in terms of sales and maybe what I'm shopping or what I'm wearing or what I'm packing for vacation, things like that. And then I weave in all of the in the moment, you know, so I go into it. I do go into it with a little bit of a strategy. And I think, you know, I've had times where I'm more organized and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this on Monday and this on Wednesday. But I found that I've got, you know, seven years behind me, I've got into enough of a routine where, you know, I know what I'm putting out on a weekly basis. And as long as we kind of scatter it and and get it up, we're good to go. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It doesn't always have to be like perfectly perfectly planned out, which it's funny coming from me because I'm such a type A, but I'm you know, <laughs> stories are one of those things where I'm like, all right, I can loosen the reins a little bit. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think when it comes to batch creating anything, whether it's stories or reels or feed posts, whatever it is, it honestly is really difficult to stick to an exact schedule. Like I, when I first was kind of like starting to go into like more of a strategy instead of just posting whatever. Whenever like I sat down and I would be like, okay, on this day, this is what I'm posting. This day, this is what I'm posting. But then you miss one day and the whole schedule gets and it's like a hot mess. So I've always realized like I can't plan a month in advance. You know, like I can't plan two weeks in advance even. Like I, the week before, even at the beginning of the week, I'm like, okay, what am I going to share for this week? And it's again, it just kind of happens when it happens. But sometimes it's difficult to make an exact schedule, even for people who are type A's, you know, so I don't think it's like a must, you know, you don't have to be so specifically planned. Just having ideas through the week, I think is a win, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like the ideas, like as long as you have like the core of your content, I don't think it needs to be so set in stone. And some people thrive having it set in stone. I usually do like in other aspects of my business. But yeah, I think just focusing more so on the content rather than like when I'm going to get this out and the schedule and it's got to be here or this time or when is my audience most active. All things that are important but don't necessarily always have to be at the forefront. Yeah, I love that. No, that totally makes sense. Actually, speaking of like when your audience is most active, this is kind of just a random question that I was thinking Mm -hmm. about because because I think about this a lot. Do you notice that like your views are higher during the weekdays or the weekends? Like, how do you know when your views are typically highest? I feel like mine fluctuate. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, Wednesday is a really great stories day. But then the next week, like, you know, it's a hot mess. So do you notice that there's specific days that have better viewing? Yeah. So mine, they definitely fluctuate as well. But yeah. I've found, especially within the last, I would say like two years, weekends, they sky- like they sometimes double. They skyrocket mm-hmm. on the weekends. And I don't know why, because I hear from so many different people. Some people are like, no, weeknights, like mm-hmm. Monday through Friday is when everybody's on. But for the people who are on my page, they like to be active on the weekend. And I yeah. I mean, obviously, you assume they have a little bit more free time on the weekend. Right. But yeah, weekends, like weekend mornings for me are really, really active. Yeah. So I always try to plan like my sponsored content on like 
Saturday if okay. I can, because I know those views are going to be up. Yeah. So that's just interesting. What do you find? Are you, yeah, you said you're I, like all over the place, but I am all over the place, but it's so interesting. I, so maybe for the last year, like it's been a long time, I do not post anything on the weekends. And I've been using it as just like a clock out for the weekend, even though yeah. I'm still on Instagram. So it's dumb. I should just post while <laughs> I'm there, but I would just not post on the weekends. And then there were a few random weekends where like, I don't know, we did something really cool and whatever I wanted to share. And I was floored at how high the views were on the weekends. And I was like, dude, have I been missing out on just like <laughs> this opportunity to reach my audience or so much more of my audience on a weekend and I have it. So I'm like starting to trickle them back in on the weekends. And I also noticed that Saturdays, especially my views are higher than they typically are during the week. And it's so weird. Like I, I just always would have thought also like weekdays because people don't really want to be on their phones on the weekends, but yeah, maybe yeah, that's just us because we're on it so much during the week. That's so you true. Know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that could, could definitely have knows? something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> So when it comes to reach on reels or view viewing on reels, whatever, you know, what tips are there that you can give people to increase the views that they're getting on stories? This is easily the biggest question that I got from people when I was kind of sourcing what questions people had about stories is, oh my gosh, you know, my viewing is just down so much. Like, how do I get more people to my stories? Sure. So I kind of think that by nature, a lot of times we lean on focusing on how do we get like new people? How do we get new followers? Yeah. How do we get new viewers? How do we get more eyes on our account? And of course, that's important. We all want that. We all want our audience to grow. We all want more right. of everything. It's just part of life. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but I think something that I've really learned over the years is that it's so important to nurture the people that are there yes. because that has such a potential to increase that reach in a way that you would not necessarily get with trying to bring new people in. So I, I feel like instead of looking at it with the lens of like, how do I get like new eyes, which mm -hmm. again, not saying that's not important. That's, that's a giant part yeah. of our business, but I think you have to nurture who's there, you know? And I think social media in general, like as a content creator is a very self-centric thing. My favorites, my recommendations, mm -hmm. my finds. And I think it's sometimes hard to put that to the side and say like, okay, I need to like grab from my audience and learn like, what yeah. do they want? What do they like? What are they really engaging in? Like what kinds of stories am I putting out where I'm having the most DMs from and things like that. And so I think that that all stems from building a really good foundation of a community. And, yeah. you know, the more of your followers who start feeling like they're a part of it and the more of your followers who start feeling like they want to engage and they have fun engaging, the more of them are going to watch your stories. And again, it all kind of right. like feeds into the algorithm. And, and the more people who are either clicking on a poll or sending you a DM because you're putting out something that's valuable to them, the more you're going to pop up at the front of people's feeds. And yes. the more you're going to be shown to more of your followers. So I think it's like a domino effect, you know? But I yep. think that a lot of people are like, you know, where does my strategy need to start in terms of bringing new people in? And I always say that I think your strategy needs to start like, with what you already have. 
Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And I feel like it's very similar even for feed posts or reels or whatever. Like when you spend more time nurturing the community you already have, they're going to show up a lot more in all of those different avenues. And then when you have more interaction, again, domino effect, it's going to push out to more people. So then more people will see it. Yeah, like I always notice that even if I have like, For example, like when I got engaged, I post a picture and, you know, it was like an engagement picture or whatever. Like it went out to my core audience first because it performed so well with them, got pushed out to people I haven't seen around in months, you know? So it's same with stories. I also think like DM connection helps to strengthen that as well. Again, with stories or feed posts or um, reels as well. Like I always notice that if I have a conversation with someone in the DMs that maybe I haven't for a little while or I don't talk to them super often, literally when I swipe back onto my newsfeed, their stories will be there. Their friends. Or their feed posts. Yeah. So I think- Yeah, DMs really like, and especially after Instagram came out with that button where when people comment on a post or a reel, now there's the message button. Like Mm -hmm. that shows me that Instagram wants me sending DMs, you know, and then they're almost rewarding you for that, which is great for the algorithm and logistically, but also for actually just creating connections with people. You can have way better connections in the DMs than you can anywhere else. Oh, 100%. And I mean, If we look at the algorithm, that relationship indicator is like such an important part of the algorithm. And, you know, you kind of dial it back and think about, okay, like, well, what does the relationship look like? It looks like, you know, interacting with content and whether that's clicking on a poll, answering a question box, sending a DM, liking a photo. And it's so important. It's so, so, so important. I feel like DMs are something that a lot of people, as they grow, they kind of put them on the back burner. I personally know a lot of friends. Yeah. And listen, I, I get it when you get to a certain point, how yeah, hard, it's hard it to gets. Keep up. Like it's, right. it's hard. And I'm not like, I miss DMs every day, but I, I right. feel like just being present and carving out a little bit of that time just to have the one-on-one rather than having someone else do it for you, or rather than just like ignoring right. it all together because you feel overwhelmed. A lot of times when I've just talked with my audience as a whole, the one piece of feedback they always give is that they're so appreciative that we've been able to talk one-on-one and that I see a message and answer a message. And again, I miss stuff. We all miss stuff. Of course. Um, But it's so like, I can't even stress how important it is to to have those relationships because, you know, you're talking with someone one-on-one you think about it, like how you would DM a friend, like a funny meme that you saw or like, you know, a reel or whatever, you know, they're going to be more likely to then like send you when they see something funny or, you know, and I have my people, like I've got like my group of people who I don't know, like personally, but I know them online and DM all the time. And I know that I'm showing up at the forefront of their feeds. So the more people that you can get to like have that one-on-one relationship, the better. Right. I completely agree. Yeah. There were a couple of things as you were talking that I I was thinking about. Like, first of all, I think it kind of like breaks the barrier between like influencer and Mm -hmm. viewer because so many people, I mean, especially someone like you, you have a hundred and something thousand followers. Like for a normal everyday person who doesn't have a following like that, it's it's almost intimidating. You know, they're like, she's never gonna respond to me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I hear that. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, 
know, you're right here. You're a normal everyday person. Like you're going to have conversations with people. And I think you being able to respond to DMs as much as you can, like really shows like, no, I, I'm literally just like you. Like I'm here yeah. to make friends. I'm here to have a conversation. It doesn't matter how many followers I have, but it almost like breaks that barrier and says it's okay to DM me. Like it's not like a hundred percent. And yeah. I think also like tying it back to stories, it's important to remind your community of that. And yeah. what I mean by that is like, it's important to encourage and like teach your community that like, I want you to engage with me. Like I'm here. If you send me a DM, I'm going to answer it. If you vote on a poll, we're going to talk about the results the next day. If you send in a question box, we're going to talk about and like have an open conversation about the answers. You know, I think like you said, for a lot of people, it's that intimidation factor. And even like, I think about like peers that I like maybe don't know or don't talk to. It's a weird thing to send a message to someone you don't know. Like, I I mean, obviously it's some people feel more comfortable than others, but it's, it's not like, yeah, yeah, it is. And so I think part of, you know, having people feel comfortable to do that is like constantly being there and reminding them like, Hey, I want to chat with you. And that looks like so many different things on stories. Like it could look like straight out, like, tell me your opinions. I'd love to hear them. It could look like a question box. It could look like a poll. It could look like a weekly series that you do where you ask people questions and you talk about their answers. But I think it's important to be consistent with that because there's new people coming in and out, you know, all the time. And some people maybe have like almost wanted to message you and haven't. And so I feel like to, to keep encouraging it, you'll get people and I get people like, you know, this is my first time like ever messaging someone, but like, I'm so happy to talk to you. And when you get things like that, you realize how important it is. Yeah, 100%. I actually sometimes, I like kind of forget to do it. I should do it more frequently, but I will post on stories like a yes or no poll and I'll say, hey, you know, like, have we ever connected one-on-one? Like, have we ever talked in the DMs? Have we ever like, you know, actually oh, I love had a conversation? That. And That's anyone who's idea. like, I mean, it's it opens the door and you initiate the interaction. So like, again, it doesn't put the pressure on them to like, oh man, like, I don't know if I should message or not. But like, if they're saying, no, we've never had a conversation, I'll go through and I'll straight up message all of those people. Hey, I saw that you voted that we've never had a conversation. Like, let me introduce myself. What's up? You know, like, and I I just have conversations. Yeah. It opens the door. It's definitely a really I'm going to do that. I'm I'm taking that from you. I love that. (laughs) That's like, but that's such a great way to, to open the conversation about it. I, that's so cool. Again, and I think it makes it a little less uncomfortable for people because they're not the ones that have to like think of what to message you because that's the other thing too is people are just like, I don't know what to say. (laughs) You know, like, what do you want me to say? So it definitely is a nice way to kind of like initiate a conversation. But I also think you touched on something important too when it comes to like question boxes or polls or whatever. Instead of just having people answer the poll, like actually having a conversation with it after or about it after whether it's one-on-one with them and you message them Mm -hmm. oh like I saw you voted this oh my gosh what did what was your experience like or whatever it is but like you know bringing it further whether again it's one-on-one or just on stories tomorrow you talk about the results I think that also lets people be a part of like more of a process or like more of a storyline almost versus just like I'm going to answer them and then I just 
answered it for and then we're moving we're on never talking yeah. about it yeah exactly yeah. so that i think is something that's very important to think about as well that i'm not sure everyone does really think about no it's really i mean that's that's strategy like that's yeah. that's 100 strategy coming up with a topic that you know that like people are going to want to give their opinion on but then you know mm-hmm. that like you can use it to open forum of conversation after so i mean even if you're building that into like a weekly strategy where you're like asking, you know, a common question that people are going to have shared experiences to talk about. That's another piece of content that really anybody in any niche can do. Exactly. And I think it's a great way to almost like think of new content ideas too. You know, like you could be posting, you know, what is the biggest thing you struggle with when it comes to your beauty routine? And like that, I mean, we all have an answer to that question. But then yeah. for you to be like, I literally have a list now of all things that I can create content mm-hmm. about. It's again, like it almost does the work for you. And then when you're in that situation where you're like, oh man, like I don't know what to post about. You literally take screenshots of that list or write it down. And you can come back to that for however long it takes you to answer all of those struggles, yeah. you know? No. I, and by doing that, you're you're serving your audience because like yes. you're doing something fun where you're like opening the conversation and you're talking about it, but you're also self and your business in a major, major way when you do something like that, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I also want to ask you, so when it comes to like feed posts versus stories, because obviously I feel like I've seen you like actually talk about this at some point about how like mm-hmm. your stories are so busy but sometimes your feed posts could use a little bit more love. Like it's almost like people, you know, really are obsessed with stories for you. And then sometimes it's harder to get them. And most people have usually the opposite problem, but I guess I don't know that it is necessarily a problem because you're still talking to your audience in some place, but how do you get people from place to place? So like in your case, maybe you want more people to go to your feed posts. Maybe people want you know, to use your feed posts to get people to their stories. Like what's the best way to to do that where it doesn't feel like, go like my posts, go hurry, you know? I know. And it's, it's so hard because depending on where you need the extra love, like I, right. I feel like you have to teach people. You know, you have to teach people in a way that doesn't, like you said, feel like, oh, come like my post. And like, I'm there are some times where I'm like, I'm just too lazy today to do the work. Here's my feed post. Like, come on. (laughs) You know, like we all we all do that. But I think that you have to kind of encourage people to say, you know, the people who are on your stories, like, here's what's on my feed. And sometimes that means like, you know, bringing them in with like a little bit of clickbait or something like that, whether it's, you know, you're showing something behind the scenes in a feed post. If I know that like, I need people there or you're, you know, you're asking like a question. A lot of times I will ask a question in a feed post and on my stories, I'll say, answer it. Yeah. But you have to kind of get there first in terms of having people comfortable enough to say like, I'm going to take the time to do that. And a lot of that goes back to building that community who feels comfortable engaging because yeah. not everybody is going to do that. I mean, I have people, again, as a consumer, where I'll look and I'll see someone leading me over to a feed post and the people whom I feel comfortable with, I'll go over, I'll show them some love, I'll leave them a yeah. content, a comment. Whereas the people who I feel like I don't really know, like I just kind of move on. Right by and it. so yeah. if that's what I'm doing, like... Mm-hmm. 
more people have to be doing that too, you know? Of course. Of course. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, again, do the same thing. I remember learning at some point somewhere, I don't remember, but I learned that when you can not share your post to the story, but get people somehow interested in going there themselves, like letting them make the decision, you'll usually see more people do it instead of being like new feed posts with like a little right. emoji, whatever. Right, right, right. And again, like mm-hmm. there are plenty of days where I'm like, I just can't today. Just go for yeah. it. <laughs> but, you know, like if if you were to say like, oh, my gosh, like the last shot in my feed post is the funniest picture I've ever taken. Like you're, you're going to die when you see it. I'm going to go look at what that photo is. You know, yeah, like me it's, too. Me too. Or like maybe you talk about something that you shared in the caption or whatever it is, but it's almost like nice to let people take that step on their own because then they don't feel like you're pushing them to go do something because you need, you know, you need likes or whatever it is. Yeah. So I remember learning that. But again, it's hard to do every single time because sometimes you're like, I just can't today. I know. <laughs> I, I know. But like, I feel like that's normal. You know, we all go oh, through yeah. that. But yeah, yeah. I, no, I like that. I think there's something to be said about like, instead, because you see it so much, you see just like that little right. square with like the new post gift. Yeah. Like, and what's click by it so you know times. why do you want to go to it yeah. like you know so i think the idea of telling a story about it without necessarily like putting it front and center or yes. you know showing something relatable about the process of the photo or something like that is going to for sure make yeah. people visit it yeah absolutely this kind of also brings us into like selling on stories and that was something mm-hmm. that I got a lot of questions about when preparing for this episode, you know, like what are the best ways to sell something on stories? So like if it's, you know, maybe you're selling something that has an affiliate code or maybe you have a product or service, what do you find works well? And what are people like, what do they feel good about when it Mm -hmm. comes to selling something on stories? Or even if it's like a sponsored post, you know, getting people to Yeah, so I feel like there's kind of two sides I feel like the one side of it is the affiliate links that many mm-hmm. of us use, like shopping links, whether, you know, you're sharing home items or fashion items or something like that. And I think it's important to, like in any marketing strategy, provide value for people first. Yeah. And so like you push them with like, here's something valuable, here's something valuable, here's something valuable. And here's what you know, here's what you can buy or here's what you can... Yeah, here's how to solve that problem. Yeah, and I... So I feel like in terms of affiliate links, like whether you're sharing a hack for how to clean your couch or a hack for how to tie like a button-down shirt, you whatever yeah. it is, like I feel like you got to give a little bit of value first and then say like, oh, by the way, you know, if you want to know you what I'm wearing or what I'm using, here's, here's yeah. what. So I think you know, delivering value before you start to sell is so, so important rather than just like pushing someone and something in someone's face for affiliate. In terms of sponsored posts, I think, and I've kind of developed a strategy over the years, what has really worked for me. And I think it's so important is that so often until, and I'm curious if you see this too, like when you see a sponsored post, you kind of feel like it came out of nowhere. Like you, yeah. That's ne- a really don't haven't point. necessarily like heard about it or heard the person talk about it. And right. I feel like or it doesn't even like weave into the day's stories nicely or something. Right. Yeah. Right. And I feel like 
it's been a topic of conversation because I've had a lot of open conversations with my community about like, how do you feel about yeah. sponsored posts? Like what kind of sponsored content like makes you feel like you're not being like sold to and what are you more likely to engage in? And a yeah. lot of people say that they feel like it's just like, okay, here's, you know, here's my sponsored post for the day. So something yeah. that I have done over the years, which has really helped me not only with engagement on the sponsored post, but also with like actual sales or, or clicks or whatever mm -hmm. it is that I may be trying to, you know, do is to start weaving it into your content one, two, three weeks before. So whether it's as little as like, let's say I'm promoting a toothbrush, okay. which everybody uses every day. Like every literally yeah. who's going to want to buy a toothbrush and I've done it before and it's hard, <laughs> but like, you know, maybe a week before I'll like tell a story about how my husband and I are like arguing over like who brushes their teeth longer. Like, do you actually do the two minutes or do you yeah, not? Yeah. And it's just like a funny anecdote. And it's like, you tell it, you know, you maybe put a poll up, like, do you think you do it for two minutes or do you think you brush your teeth for under two minutes? Yeah. And that's it. You, you leave it and like you move on. And then maybe this is two weeks out and maybe like a week later, you start to talk like a little bit more about something. Now, a toothbrush is yeah. kind of like the most random example, <laughs> but like it's a good example, I, though. <laughs> but like any kind of sponsored content, I think it's just important to like weave it in or ask people when I'm doing like a new skincare brand that's mm -hmm. new to me. Because I think a lot of times people are like, well, you're trying this for the first time. So like, why am I going to want to buy it? So yeah, right. I always say to a brand like, you got to give me a little bit of time. Like I need to try it for myself. I need to see yeah. that I love it. And so what I'll do is I'll say to my audience, like way before I start working with the brand, mm -hmm. I'm trying this new product. Has anybody tried it? What do you think? And I'll save those responses. I'll, you know, and I'll share them. Like some people say, well, yeah. oh, I love this product from the brand or, oh, I want to learn more about this. And I'll just kind of really like carefully and strategically weave it into content so when this, it's time for the sponsored post where it really counts for the brand, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's coming out of nowhere and it doesn't feel like it's being sprung upon someone. And for right. me and my audience, it feels organic because yeah, no matter how you put it, sponsored content isn't always super organic because what happens, I mean, brands right. reach out and they say, hey, we have a new product. We want you to try it. So it's new. Obviously, yeah. it's new. You know, it's not always going to be something that you're like using and loving for your whole life and you can, you know, write an essay on it. Yeah, so exactly. I think, you know, as you kind of get familiar with the content, whatever it may be that you're promoting, I think that you also have to kind of like bring your audience into that kind yeah. of like journey, you know. Right. With you, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And again, I think at the end of the day, it all needs to feel comfortable for everyone it needs to feel organic yeah. it, like because the worst thing is again when it comes out of nowhere and you're like how is this person talking about this being the best skincare ever like how have they never mentioned it before they talk yeah, about skincare 100%. all the time like and mm -hmm. it almost like people start to like kind of like second guess you and they're just like are you even yeah. trustworthy in the second you lose your your trust with your audience at that point it's like it's very difficult to come back from. Mm -hmm. So it just like, again, you have to put yourself in the follower's shoes. Like what would not feel like an ad, you know, what feels even when you're creating the ad, instead of you getting on and being like, oh my gosh, hey everyone, this skincare is just amazing. It has yeah. hyaluronic acid. Da -da -da -da. Like, you know, 
showing it in a way that you would normally show skincare. Like it has to feel organic even in the actual content. I remember learning this strategy for selling that I really like. I should probably use it more. I honestly forget about it a lot, but it's like a three slide um, kind of like process, I guess. First one shares the problem. It's like, you know, whatever it is that you're talking about, oh my gosh, you know, my skin has just been breaking out so much lately Mm -hmm. and I just don't understand. Like I'm an adult. How am I still breaking out? Second one asks a question, you know, like maybe like, are you an adult too? And like you struggle with skincare or with acne, like, isn't it so frustrating? You have that kind of relatable point to talk to people about. And then the third one is almost like a yes or no poll if people want more information. Then you can say in the third slide, oh, you know, well, I've actually been trying out whatever it is, the skincare product. And I have like a few breakouts that are almost gone now. You know, it's pretty awesome. I can send you the information if you want to look into it yourself. You know, tap the yes button if you want me to send you the info or whatever. So again, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like you're like, here's the link, take it, go buy it. Like it feels a little bit more organic and people are able to like make that decision on their own after you've shared the problem and that you relate to it and other people also relate to it. So I, I like that kind of like three story slide kind of I guess strategy. Um, yeah, I think that's a great strategy. And yeah, and you and like it, it kind of ties into like what I'll do sometimes. Like you can do it all together, or you can spread it out where you're like yeah, talking exactly. about it over time. And I feel like it's just like you said, it just makes people feel more comfortable and more, yeah. you know, like what you're doing is is genuine. Yeah, I completely agree. This was amazing. So I I mean, I feel like I learned so much about stories. It makes me want to actually like get off and go try some stuff on stories right now. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for, for giving us all of your tips. Where can everyone find you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm like so <laughs> honored that you asked me to come on and it's been so fun chatting. Um, so you can find me right on Instagram at Danielle Gervino or daniellegervino.com on my website. We do a lot of different content there from blogging tips and strategies to just like what I'm wearing for Memorial Day weekend. So like every, <laughs> you can find anything there. So, um, but I mean, we're talking a lot about stories. Those stories are like the most fun place to yeah. be, obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, well, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for having me. It was awesome to chat. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you loved every minute. If you learned something new, drop us a review and let us know what you learned. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about more, definitely send me a message on Instagram at yoursocialmate or kbusk. See you next week.